as an RIA, can I use more than one custodian? That is today's question on the Transition to RIA video series. This is question number 17. Hi, I'm Brad Wells with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. On today's question, we're gonna talk about, you know, hey, as an RIA, can I use more than one custodian? Uh, so a little backstory to begin with. If you are currently at one of the, the, the large traditional firms, the wirehouse type firms, uh, let's, let's kind of consider what your current situation is now. Um, assuming you offer currently both commission accounts and fee-based accounts, you are technically wearing kind of two hats underneath that firm. You're wearing uh, an, uh, an RIA hat, so the corporate RIA of, that, of your firm. Um, you are operating under that, as they say, an investment advisor rep. And so that's what allows you to offer those fee-based accounts to your clients. And then you're simultaneously, to the degree you also have a Series 7 with that firm, which most likely you do, and you can offer commission accounts, you're also wearing the hat of a registered rep of that same firm's broker-dealer. So again, that firm has a RIA, often referred to as the corporate RIA, and a broker-dealer. And, and you are, again, kind of wearing two hats underneath both of those. Uh, so let's think of the, on the RIA front on the first part. Just like any RIA, you, the RIA of, the, of your corporate firm has a custodian that holds the assets and clears the trades for the clients. Now, if you're at one of the large traditional, again, wirehouse type firms, that, that they own the custodian themselves. They are the custodian. So they, they are, as they say, self-clearing. So that's, that's why you have the, your same name that, that is on your business card is on the client's statement because again, the custodian is self-clearing or the RIA is self-clearing their in-house. Uh, and then the broker dealer, again, same thing, basically self-clearing with their own custodian. So underneath that RIA is, is one channel, but then the where it becomes a little more of a challenge for you is under that, when you're wearing that broker dealer hat, because of broker dealer regulations, your firm is required to, you know, among other things, uh, provide compliance oversight of you and supervision oversight of you. And so because of that, that's where it starts to restrict your ability and, and, and why you have to have generally all your assets there at your firm. So as an example, the reason you can't have either your own personal trade-in or investable assets elsewhere, uh, or certainly a client's assets elsewhere that you're trading is because your broker-dealer part of your firm has to be able to supervise you. And, and they can't do that if those assets are held elsewhere. Um, another example is, uh, you know, if you were to offer an investment product away from your broker-dealer firm, again, that's selling away. That's a serious infraction in the broker-dealer world. And, and because again, they can't supervise you doing something away from them. Um, and then it's, it's for those same reasons, right, that you could never be uh, registered, a registered rep of, of one broker dealer, you know, wirehouse firm A, and simultaneously also be with wirehouse firm B as a, as a registered rep. That, that is just not done in the industry. And again, one of the main reasons is supervisory responsibility to the degree you're with some other firm. You know, the first firm has no way to supervise your activities, which, which they feel they're required to do because you have that series seven with them. So the, the reason I set that up is, is 
you are basically single custodian now if you are with one of these firms. You just have a single option and a single place to open client accounts. Um, but it's not the RIA that's forcing you to essentially do that. Now, now your firm's just management, right? They, they, might, they would not want you necessarily using assets elsewhere just for business purposes, but it really comes down to that, that broker dealer that's required from that supervision standpoint that, that even, if, even if management wanted to somehow make this possible for you, it, it becomes more difficult because of the ability to supervise that. So you're, you're essentially single custodian now. Now, as your own RIA, you no longer essentially have that handcuff of the broker dealer required to oversee you. And so as your own RIA, keep in mind, you are responsible for your own compliance. And I've, I've already done a number of videos on this. Uh, so I encourage you to look at those as well. But because you, right, the benefit of that is all of a sudden when, when you have that responsibility, now you can decide, okay, can I do things here, here, and, and here? Whereas opposed to when you're, you're kind of under the, the terms of your current firm, they, they dictate to you, no, it, it has to be done here. So as your, as your own RA, you do have the option and to answer the question, can I use more than one custodian? You, you absolutely can use more than one custodian as an RA. Now I would tell you, most uh, RAs when they first start, and I'll, I'll do a separate video on this because there is a lot of pros and cons to consider of should I be single custodian or as they say, multi-custodial. Uh, most RAs when they start, start, you know, if you're breaking away from a traditional firm with, with one custodian, and then perhaps over time, I'll give some examples here, become multi-custodian as they, as they move along. Um, and like I said, I'll, I'll do a separate video because there are a bunch of nuances, but, but a couple of high level things just to, just to point on here that as an RIA, again, you, you absolutely can be single custodian or single custodial, only use one custodian. And, and a lot of RAs do only use one, or you can be multi-custodial and there's, there's no limit to what that is. And, and in theory, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to use too many because it becomes logistically unruly to try to manage that. But, but I've certainly seen plenty of RAs that have two, maybe three is, is kind of fairly common. Um, and, and of particular note here, uh, let's say you start single custodian and then, and then you become multi-custodian uh, at some point in the future. And again, I'll, I'll do a separate video on this because there's a lot of variables you'd want to think through before you perhaps do that. But keep in mind, you do not need to get the permission of your first custodian, sometimes referred to as your primary custodian. Uh, you, you do not need to get their permission to establish a relationship with, a, with another custodian, that, that, not at all. Um, and, and I used to work at a custodian, and so I can tell you that the only way a custodian even knows that you as an RA have a secondary or third custodial relationship is, is a couple ways. One, one, a custodian could just outright ask you, hey, are you using more than one custodian? And, and you know, the reason they're asking that is not if you, if you answer yes. Again, you, you don't need to hide anything, but if you answer yes, at a minimum, they're just gonna wanna try to win, as they say, your share of wallet. You know, if you, if you have 200 million with one custodian, they, 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 they discover you have 300 million at another custodian, you know, they, they might wanna try to you know, build upon the relationship with you to try to earn more of that, more of that business that you currently are doing elsewhere. So uh, it, it's, it's not unheard for them to ask and, and by no means do you have to hide it from them at all. Because uh, quite frankly, if, if, if either custodian doesn't ask you or you, you don't tell them, um, there are some other ways a custodian could just look this up. For instance, on your website uh, where your clients would go to maybe log into their accounts, you generally on a, 
RA's website have links to the custodians so a client could go there. And, and so if a custodian just looked and, oh, you, you have, oh, I see you have the link to, to, to my custodian and then you have a, a link to this other custodian, clearly you're, you're multi-custodial at that point. Uh, and then usually in your ADV, uh, it would list out who you're using as custodians as well. Um, and so there is a disclosure requirement generally uh, applied of, okay, we, we listed in there. But again, it's nothing you need to keep secret. The, the only thing is a custodian, just to the degree they know you have another, another custodian as well, just wants to earn more of your business. That's, that's all there is to it. It's nothing you need to ask permission for. There's nothing you need to keep secret or anything along those lines. Um, and so I'll just give you one quick example in this video of how someone might end up multi-custodial. And you, and you see this is kind of a uh, fairly uh, frequent way this happens is, is an RA will start out single custodian and maybe be very satisfied with their custodian, has no desire to, to move some assets or start building some assets at another custodian as well. Because again, there are complexities with that. Um, but, uh, but something you sometimes see is uh, an RA, there they are, and they have one custodian and uh, that RA has the opportunity to, to, to buy another practice or buy a, a, a book of, uh, you know, clients from, a, from another RIA. And that other RIA is, is currently using a different custodian. Uh, so, so the buyer, the buyer RIA, you know, has the chance to, or the option to, okay, I'm going to acquire this practice and, and move all of those accounts to the primary custodian. Um, but oftentimes they, they'll look at that and say, Okay, yes, it will be more complexity for me to become multi-custodial and, and, and the logistics of that. But, but if I do that and I just leave those accounts where they are, perhaps the added complexity and logistics of that is, is just simpler or easier or better than, than trying to move the accounts over to, to the single custodian or the current single custodian. So that's just an example of a path where sometimes you, how, how a, an RA goes from single to multi-custodial. And there's other reasons I'll get into again in that separate video, but that's just, I just at least on this one, wanted to give you an example of that. Um, and the, the main takeaways are pros and cons to being either single custodian or multi-custodian. So it's not a black and white, easy decision. Uh, a lot of things you, you have to think through, but the, but the beauty of it is as your own RIA, you get to decide whether you want to be single custodian or multi-custodian. You have full flexibility on that. You do not need to seek anyone's permission. You do, do not need to hide it from anyone. Again, that is one of the benefits of the RA space is you, you have flexibility. And essentially, you know, what we think of as a, as a custodian is just one of your vendors. And if you're either not fully satisfied with your current vendor, or you just want to add depth to your, your, your resources of vendors that you use is a reason you might, again, add more custodial options for your clients. So with that, like I said, my name is Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help advisors just like you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RA model. Today's question, perfect example of that. If you were gonna make this move, how does this custodial relationship work? Do I need one custodian, multiple custodians? What are my options over time? Glad to have this kind of conversation with you. You can walk you through as many details regarding it as you would like. Um, if you're not already there, head on over to transitiontoria.com. Uh, I have lots more videos you can look at. I have white papers. Uh, and then the easiest thing is right there at the top is a contact link. Just click on that. You can, you can instantly and easily schedule a specific day and time that we can have a dialogue and, and begin this sort of conversation and, and really look at, okay, what is your current situation? What kind of firm are you at now? What kind of affiliation model are you at now? And, and what might that look like 
in the RIA model? And is, is that, would that be a good move for you? And then, and then ultimately if it is, I, then, I, then I help you understand that the how part, how do you go about transitioning to that model? So I'd be more than happy to have that conversation with you. So with that, I hope you found value in today's video and I'll see you on the next one.